0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and senior pastor of Vine Baptist Church. This is my contest. we welcome you, I welcome you, and I praise God the, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. We ought to praise him this morning, for you got something to praise him for. He woke you up early this morning, started you on your way. You even had food to eat. You had a vehicle to drive or you called Uber. Anyway, you had a ride. So can somebody say amen? amen? Everybody ought to get on your feet. Amen. And come on and say, let's lift him up. Amen. Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up. Come on and give God a hand, praise! Hallelujah. Maybe we need the med team to get the stethoscope and check you out. Amen. God is awesome, and we give him all the praise, honor and all the glory. Welcome. Thank God for all of you that are here in person and online. We bless the Lord, and we give him all the praise. Pray with me for a moment. Gracious Holy Father, we thank you for this Father's Day. We thank you for this day that we worship our great God. Father, we come without any fanfare. We just come... To worship you. And as we praise you, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you're going to do, and all that you're doing even right now. Father, we pray that that will touch us and forgive us of any sin that we may have committed. And God, we thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your long-suffering. Thank you for your joy. Thank you, O God, for Jesus. Thank you for the indwelling presence of thy spirit. Thank you. You're mighty, O God, and we love you, we praise you, we thank you. Father, now touch this service unto you, that you might be pleased with us. Touch now our loved ones who are ill. Some are in the hospital, some are on beds of affliction at home some in the nursing home. Oh, God, we are blessed to be in your presence this morning. Touch those of our loved ones that may be behind prison bars. We haven't forgotten them, for God has not forgotten them. And we praise you, Father, for all that you're going to do in our lives And we come before you to submit ourselves to you. And we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now, Father, touch this, your servant. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them. May thy spirit, O God, open their eyes that they may see. Touch their lips that they may speak great things about God. Touch their hearts that they may understand and comprehend what God is saying to them. And then give them a heart to say yes to Jesus. We love you. We praise you. For it's in that name that's above all names. Jesus who is the christ the son of the living god all the people of god said amen, amen. and amen. amen praise god's holy name amen. we pray this morning for those that are not with us and traveling we thank god for them but we thank god for you especially so if you would kindly turn in your electronic devices or your paper bible to psalm 90 i'm sorry 78 verses 5 through 8. Psalm 78, (laughs) verses 5 through 8. Psalm 78, verse 5, if you're there, say amen. Perhaps others are turning to it. And if you don't have a Bible or have it on your phone, just tell your neighbor, I'm just looking over your shoulder at the word. Psalm 78, verse 5, Writes this, For he established <clears throat> a testimony in Jacob <clears throat> and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, whose spirit was not faithful to God. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the hearing, readers, and doing of his word, you may take your seats. this morning for a topic on this Father's Day, how to become an influential father. How to become an influential father. Today we are honoring fathers around the world, across America, and right here at home. And since 1922, the third Sunday in June, has been set aside to pay tribute to fathers. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers of this body of Christ and fathers in this community. This Father's Day, brothers, I encourage each of you to fervently love the Lord your God and your family. Too often, fathers, we are not the best at loving our families. We are the best at loving ourselves quite, quite selfishly. Don't feel bad. You've already done it. So ask God for forgiveness and get you straight and you can move on. Do not underestimate the impact of your role as a father and what it means to your family first and your community as a whole. We can see in social media, read it in papers and on the TV, the phone, and whatever other instruments you have, how desperately we need fathers to be fathers. Anybody can be a father, but take a real guy to be a dad. Again, happy Father's Day. This morning in the introduction of the sermon, God commands all of us from Exodus 20 and 12 to honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land in which the Lord your God is giving you. How often is that violated? And sometimes we can be concerned about why bad things happen into your mind, good people. There ain't nobody good but God. Things happen many times because of our sin. Things happen because of our selfishness, self-centeredness. Things happen because we have forsaken God. Many don't want to come and give their lives to God. They think that it's some horrible thing or that it's going to stop them from having fun. My friends, I thought the same thing. Yes, I did. People look at the pastor like he was born that way. No, I was born in sin just like you were. I was a troublemaker and all those other things you can come up with. But one day, God said, it's time that you get it right. One day, God says, I want you to come And I want you to come right now. God is saying that to some of you right now, fathers and mothers. We know our situation. God even knows it best. But whoever obeys the command reaps the blessing behind it so that your days may be long. I think we often forget about when you read that, that, that verse in Exodus 20 and 12 or when it's actually tra- transferred over to the New Testament, honor your father and your mother. And many people don't, don't do that. And then they wonder why things are happening. They wonder why death is so quick to come upon them. Well, death come because God said, so that your days may be long upon this earth that the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's not so much the crash, not so much what happened to the person. It's because the person have not obeyed God. Why? I don't know if you know, but I'm sure you do, that last week a man stabbed his mother to death. He wasn't a young fellow like 20 or 19 or 18. No, he was an older guy, 30-some years old, but stabbed his mom to death. Where is God in his life? And if he had children, what kind of influence is that? Do you know why God commands us to honor our fathers? It is because of the meaning of the word father. In the verb form, the word father means the founder. It means to be the foundation, to be the author or the origin or creator. It means to be the foundation, to be the author. That definition is a description of our Heavenly Father, who is the founder and creator of all. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Bible declares that God spoke one day and he spoke this world into existence. Created a man out of nothing but the dust. And created a helpmate from a rib from his side. Not from his head, not from his foot. I hope y'all hear me fathers. it said from the side no wonder they give the word in the King James Help me not M-E-A-T M-E-E-T the helper can I get amen amen you fathers are the authors of your home did you get that dads even if you're not living there no more did you get that You are the author. You are the creator. You are the foundation of your home. If you left the thing in disrepair, it is trouble. One of the kids don't talk to you. Even the dog don't talk to you. (laughs) But that's the foundation. God wants you, dads, to create a God-loving, God-fearing, God-honoring home. Men, I urge you to listen this morning to the instruction that God has given us in Psalm 78, verses 5 through 8. Go back and look at it. Verse 5 says, For he established a testimony. God established a witness in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, talking about Israel, which he commanded our fathers, our forefathers, that they should make them known to their children. How much clearer that ought to get. Oftentimes we have relationships and children are the result, but then we just absentee fathers. No support. Living in your own world while your child or children grow up in un- anonymity. Don't even know who they are. Nobody asks you to be a sperm donor. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. But yet we leave our children just going on, then we want to ask, what's wrong with them? That's the wrong question. The right question, what's wrong with you? You see, my friend, this testimony is given to us by the Lord as a lasting witness. A means hereby one generation must pass on the next generation the need to know the Lord. I want you to hear this. I want you to open your ears and your mind and hear what I'm going to say from what God is telling me. Too often, we don't get out. We, right now, don't get ourselves saved, delivered, born again. My grandma, Nana, and Big Mama, they're not born again. So all the children that come along in those generations are lost. Why? Because we have this defied, disobeyed God's word and said, I need to tell my children about the Lord. I don't care if they don't want to hear it, sit down and hear what I got to say. If you don't sit down, you can sit out. Somebody ought to get real in the church now. Too often we coddle our kids and baby them and all this kind of foolishness. What about their relationship with God? They're not going to get it on their own. I didn't get it, friends. Some of y'all remember the days that we would have to go to church all day. Now, can I get an amen? amen? And then on Sunday, you got to go back to church amen. until 8 or 9 o'clock. you so glad when school come in. You go, oh, Jesus, I'm so happy. And then many of y'all vowed, I'm never going to church again. Look at you. You're at church again. Why? Mama, whatever the deal was, she made sure—not dad's. Mama said, "You go to church or else." If you had a mom like mine, you know what else meant. They have passed, tried to pass it on, and because of her tenacity, because of her faithfulness, I stand before you as a person that's born again—not as a pastor. Not as a minister, but as a man who's been born again. Sounds like a song that I heard one of my sisters saying. I know that I'm born again. Why? The angels in heaven have signed my name. I don't know about all of that, but I know I know Jesus. And I know that I tried to catch up and get my kids straight in the Lord. And when they left my house, they left my instructions. Bless them. I've done what I could, but now I pray for them. My friends, as our, as our chairman read to you this morning, that the dad's got to be a man of prayer. We can't make folk do stuff, not in your children. You like to, but you can't. But one thing that you can do, you can get on your knees, You can drive your car and be talking to the Lord. If your child has gone aside and messed up, you can call on the name of Jesus. There ain't no other name that you can call that can work things out in your life and mine. is the name of Jesus. And when you follow God, God will somehow work it out. You may not even be around when it does it, but I'm here to tell you, God will work it out. Some of you probably have children that you didn't think was going to make it. But because you prayed now, you are happy parents. Why? Because God has touched them. Answer your prayer. Unfortunately, the psalmist makes the point in Scripture that the previous generation had not passed on the teaching of the Lord as they should have. My friends, we got all kinds of voices that are reaching at us, talking to us. We want to go over here, over there. My friends, I only got one thing to say about it. You get yourself born again. You get in a church that's Bible teaching, Bible preaching, Bible honoring, and Bible loving. Don't 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 get yourself wrapped up in a whole bunch of stuff. Don't get yourself worked up in a church that all they do is do a hollering and run around the church acting a fool. Yeah, I said it. Where's the word of God at? God's word is the only thing that's gonna make a difference. We don't need the entertainment. Now, we've got entertainment, if you will, but we're here to praise the Lord. Amen. There ain't no reframe to the song unless I ask for it. And then they're real short with me, looking at me like, oh, come on, Pastor, come on, Pastor. You know, we got, got, we got time. Come on. I love them. But you see, what the Scripture is really saying is that the psalmist is talking about mama and daddy should be telling their children, don't wait till they're seven. They're already grown. Tell them while they're in your arms. Carry them to church. And sisters, you all bring the little babies to church and they get to hollering. Don't you worry about a thing. I got a microphone. <laughs> Let them holler. Amen. Ain't going to bother me at all. And if some neighbors say something, just tell them, praise Jesus. We have to pass it on. Scripture says that we ought to do that. Verse 6 and 7, that the generation to come, that is our grandchildren or great-grandchildren, that is you, young parents, your child, those that are coming along, being born now, that's what he's talking about. The children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. So the children you have now, when they get grown and they have children, and because they t- you taught them, they're going to teach their children about the Lord. Are y'all with me so far? But if there's no line where we've been teaching our children and grandchildren, what happens later on? We have forgotten about God. Now we've gone, this world has turned around and have have the church, they want to dictate to the church what the church should do. No. I'm dictated by God. He told me to do this. And I must do it. Why? Because he saved me. Why? Because he loved me. Why? Because somebody needs to get saved. Yeah. That they may set their hope in God. So many people are without hope today. And people come to the body of Christ. They come to the building as if, they, you know, that, that, that's going to be the thing that's going to take care of them. No, it's not. You've got to have a right relationship with God. I'm not trying to say you can't come to church. If you come to church unsaved, praise God. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord will save you, touch your heart, and bring you to salvation. But don't come to the church and say, well, I, I know the Lord. Too many people just lie to themselves that they I'm a Christian. You can't even spell Christian. You come and get Jesus in your life. We need hope. That old song always comes back to my mind when I talk about hope. My hope is built on nothing less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy, lean on Jesus' name. That's hope. I got hope when everything else is against me. I got hope when I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I got hope when I don't have food to eat. I got hope when everything seems like it's against me. I got hope, why? Because late in the midnight hour, am Early in the morning, I can call on him at midnight when everybody else is asleep. I can get up and call on the Lord. I can tell him all my problems. I can share with him, Lord, I need you. I need you like the songs said every hour, every minute. I need you. Lord, I can't work it out. I, I'm tired. I, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. But uh, I got hope in you. You are my deliverer. You are my strength. You are the grace and mercy. You are great and awesome. You got great power, and I love you. Praise your name. I know that you can work it out. I believe you can work it out. I believe and trust. You're going to work it out. I don't have the strength to work it out. Anybody ever felt like that? Felt like the whole world's against you. Even the Wi-Fi cut off. You can't even get a phone call. But the Bible declares that God said, call me. And you don't need a phone. And I'll answer you. (laughs) And then I'm going to show you a great and mighty thing that you do not know. So when I can't get a hold of anybody else, I'm going to call him every time. I'm going to call him when I just can't get it together. I'm going to call him when I don't have any friends. I'm going to call him because I need him. now, I'm going to call him because I know he'll answer my prayer. I'm going to call him because I know he'll work out my situation. I'm going to call him and it won't be 911. It'll be Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. I won't get a hold on line. I won't get nobody else on the phone. I won't have an operator say, would you hold the line for a moment? No. The Lord said, call me. Call me in prayer. Fathers, whatever the situation may be in your house, call the Lord. If you blew it, call the Lord. If you feel successful, call the Lord and give him thanks. Whatever it might be, your child in trouble, call the Lord. Call it. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Today, many have not only forgotten God's word, many have forgotten his word. They have, in effect, to their own hurt, forgotten God. So many people need to be in these seats today, in churches all over the world. But they look like we look sparsely populated. But that's all right. Why is it all right? It's all right because there's some real folk that know Jesus. Why is it all right? Because they come to call on the Lord. They come to hear what thus say the Lord. And God will work it out. And our last verse, and, they, and may not be like their fathers. Talking about their ancestors. We have some ancestors. played church. Yet they drink like a fish. Curse like there's no other words in the Bible or in the dictionary, but call themselves Christian, Dress up in your nice clothes and act a fool and come to church. Instead of getting delivered, the they got further and further in debauchery. And our children saw that. Children are smarter than we give them credit for. They watch you, mom and daddy. Have y'all ever heard a child say some bad words in church? Oh, y'all go ahead and tell on yourselves. And now we're going to be self-righteous. Oh, I wonder where they get that from. Yeah. Who are their parents? Yeah. We want to disavow that. But if you have God's word in your life, and you hang in there with God, talk to your children, love on them, Bible study with them, whatever you like to do, sing with them. If you can't sing at home, and watch our children grow. You see, this, that's the point. Many have lost that. This is the point of this text. Previous generations of fathers and mothers did not do as the Lord God commanded. Maybe there's some of y'all this morning. But I want you to know something. Don't feel too bad. Ask God for forgiveness. I read on a church sign that said, God allows U-turns. We, we can turn around. We, we can turn. You got to want to turn. When the Bible, the word of God began to move on your heart and the spirit of God is moving on your heart. You just, you, you, you just got to get it right. Don't go to the bottle. Don't go to those little funny cigarettes. And that dusty stuff, all the, you know, to cut with the razor. Go to God. You have a high that's higher than anything. And you won't have no headache afterwards. The results, generations of our children, generations of our young people are lost because God's word and God's commandments were not passed on to them. And therefore, we reap the sour fruit of disobedience. And sadly, that issue continues to this very day. Look at what's happening to our young girls, our young boys. They got folk out there praying on them. I don't mean P-R-A-Y, I mean P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. And turn them into something that God hates. Brothers, how can you become an influential father? First of all, as the Lord Jesus shared with Nicodemus in John 3, 7, he says, you must be born again. Coming to this building does not make you saved. But coming to this building and hearing the word of God and then listening and then get up and give your life to Christ, that's being born again. Your new life begins right here and right now. Furthermore, Luke writes in Acts 4.12. Folks run all over the world today, run all over the city trying to find somebody that's going to give them the right answer. They go to suit sales. They, they go to folk want to read your palm and all that kind of nonsense. But I, gotta, I got it for you right here. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. I can't save you. I, I can lead you to the Lord, but I can't save anybody. I couldn't even save myself. Secondly, you must know Christ for yourself as your Savior before you can effectively share the good news of God with your children, your families, and, and other people. Fathers, God has commanded you to teach your children and to point them to him. He says, why? So that your, our children may have confidence in God. If they see the confidence that you have in God, they catch on to that. And they'll quickly tell you, no, my mama, she loves Jesus. I'm going to be like my mama. I'm going to be like my dad. They love the Lord. Not because you come to church, but because of your confidence, your faith in the Lord. And as your children come to faith in Christ, their lives are greatly enriched and have become witnesses to His grace and His mercy. Children Young people, once they get Christ in their lives, they will tell all their friends. They have no inhibitions. We we sound like the frozen chosen. We stuck there like popsicles. And y'all not going to say amen? Just a second. You see... They have to have that confidence. And as your children come to faith in Christ, their lives are greatly enriched. Why? Because they begin to tell all their friends. My brothers, if you are to become an influential father, you are reminded by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter chapter 6 verse 4. And he says this, and you fathers, this is important. Sometimes men think that a father should beat up on their children and do all these old crazy things, and then get mad because they go crazy themselves. Well, Paul writes in Ephesians, "And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath." Well, Where does that mean? I'm glad you asked. With unreasonable demands and strictures that cause them to despair and have them to have resentment. When kids have resentment and despair, they harbor it in their hearts. They save it up like green stamps. And the moment they can exercise it, here they go. And parents are in disbelief. I don't know what's wrong with that child. You ought to ask yourself, what's wrong with you? Y'all not hear me, but praise God anyway. (laughs) And the word translated admonition, Let, let me go back a little bit. But bring them up. This this is, Father, this is us. God sent to us, bring them, bring the children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Training, Bible study, talking to them, the Bible that that reaches them. And and let me tell you about admonition, admonition. It means to put something into their mind. You ought to put something into the minds of your children, namely the Word of God. That's what we got to put in their mind. The church, our church, is responsible when we get them here to put something in their minds down at the eagle's nest. Something in their mind when they're in the ECE. They tell them children's stories about the Lord in their own thinking and put that in their hearts. Children will go home and tell their parents, I learned about Jesus today. Jesus is a the savior. They, they, they tell you, too. Y'all get it? Oh, get my Oh, baby, that will be hard. No, 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 mama, listen. Now, Jesus was on the cross. Jesus died for me. You ought to hear what they got to say. they preaching pretty good. But let, let me tell you, let me allow, allow me to illustrate the importance of passing on God's word to the next generation. According to a survey, listen, listen closely. According to a survey by the International Bible Society, indicates that 83% of all Christians make their first commitment to Jesus between the ages of 4 and 14. Some of y'all are way right behind. <laughs> now, now, that is when, when they are children or early youth. But listen, a second survey by the Barmer, uh, Barner Research Group indicates that American children ages 5 to 13 have a 32% probability... Of accepting Christ. Why don't you bring your children to church. Even at their protest. I remember my daughter once she said. I, I, then I can't make it because I, I don't have my, my socks for my shoe. Baby just come on barefoot. We're good to go. Amen. Get the car. The car is rutted up. Burned up gas. Come on. They knew they didn't have no other choice. You, you coming. When we so kind and gently. Destroying our children. No you will come. You can sit in there and be crazy if you want to, because I'll take you to the bathroom. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And then, but youth or teens. Here we go, parents. Y'all got the teens? Age 14 to 18 have only a 4% probability of getting Christ into their life. 4%. What are y'all waiting on? Christmas, it's going to be here after a while. Oh, and lastly, adults age 19 and over have just a 6% probability of becoming a Christian. Christians, we have a task to do. Jesus said, go ye therefore in all the earth. He says, go and share this good news. He didn't tell us to save anybody because we can't do it. You just go tell them. Plow the field if you are an agriculturalist. Prepare the, the, the road if you're constructionist of their hearts so they, that God, by the Spirit, may bring them to himself. Father, you who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, continue to influence the next generation, not only with God's Word, but also by your life. My friends, let me give you an illustration. If you've taken me to the pool and you can't swim, Don't try to teach me because that's going to be two funerals. Bye to yours. I ain't going. If you can swim, okay. If you're saved, okay. But if you're just pretending, some folks just pretend to be saved. And you, my brothers, who do not know Christ as Savior, you cannot pass on the testimony or the witness of the Lord because you do not have a right relationship with Him. How often have we heard in our past, child, you ought to go to somebody's church. Going to somebody's church ain't going to save anybody. We come to church to worship God. We come to church to hear the word and pray that the spirit of God will touch our hearts. I came at 27 to church. Vowed I'm never going to get saved. Well, God had a different thought. And here I am. And I give God all the praise. The last thing, my friends, before today you can be but today you can be surrendering your life to Christ. I I don't know what song that our praise band has for us for invitation, but I'll just say this, they don't have to play it. But the one that sticks in my mind, many of our minds, I surrender all. And my friends, I'm asking you today. Forget about all this other stuff. Surrender to the Lord. How? God's Word says from Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, not the head, but with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. So in closing, so come, my brothers, and start your journey today as an influential father. Not only for right now, but for the generations to come. And God will bless you in real way. And we give God all the praise. In Jesus' name, my friend. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.